Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I want to invite you to stay updated with me on social media and see what we are doing in the ministry. You can follow me on Facebook at John Wallace. You can follow me on Instagram at Jonathan R. Wallace. And you can follow our YouTube page at New Beginnings Huntington. I pray this message builds your faith and gives you revelation. Let's get ready for the Word of God. Any, listen to me, any church disconnected from winning souls is a church completely disconnected from the heart of God. You know that God, I, guys, God wants us to have the best. Like, the Lord blessed us with money, you know, He's done great things. But I've had people like, John, you know, like last month, we gave so much money. We probably gave like 15 grand away to other ministries that aren't this ministry, soul winning ministries. People are like, don't we have a bathroom that needs to be renovated? Don't we have, yeah, you know, that would be great and that's wonderful. But I'm showing God what comes first. I'm showing the Lord that, Lord, we're actually going to take what you give us and we are going to do it. We say we're going to win the lost at absolutely all costs. Are you with me? God's heart is to win the lost. It's to take the message of the gospel to those that are perishing, that have not heard. If you're disconnected from that, you're disconnected from God. Are you with me? What good would it be to have the nicest, coolest thing and the props and the new stage design every time we turn around and just come in here and a community continues to go to hell because Christians won't get behind the heart of God and go after what He's going after. Are you with me? Any church disconnected from soul winning is a church disconnected from the heart of God. This isn't a Christian country club. I seriously, you know, it used to offend me when people left. But then I just stopped getting offended because people left Jesus. It's, he taught them this is the cost. And if somebody comes and says, John, I hear what you're saying and I'm not willing, then why chase them? I pray, I pray that they come to the point in their heart where they're willing to follow Jesus Christ and get serious about this. But I'm going to tell you, this is a place. I truly believe this. This is a place. Something's going to happen. If you come here for a matter of time, two things are going to happen. You're going to run away because you hate it and it's so uncomfortable. Or you're going to get on fire for the Lord and see God start using you in a mighty way. Seriously. So. Luke 19, 11. It says the crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the king, kingdom would begin right away. He said a nobleman was called to a distant empire to be crowned king and then returned. So look, what is this painting a picture of? Jesus. A nobleman was called away into a distant land to be crowned the king, and then he's returning. That's, that's a picture of Jesus Christ. He, was, he ascended, he's seated on the hand of God, right hand of God on the throne, and he's coming back, the Bible says. Are you with me? So let's look at what he's saying here. Before he left, he called ten of his servants and divided among them pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I'm gone. 
I'll share with you, you know, you guys might have heard the announcement that we're starting an investment class on Thursday. Not a class, but just a, a group. Because God's been actually, like, convicting me to the core about this verse of Scripture. How many Christians still live in slavery? And how, how much of a slave mindset believers carry in their day-to-day -day life? You know, people will break this verse down and say, oh yeah, let's talk about your gifts. Let's talk about, like, that's all great and wonderful, but let's first take the scripture for what it says. He says that he gave them silver. Say silver. He gave them money and told them, invest this for me while I'm gone. Isn't that crazy? That Think of this. Jesus actually expects us to invest our money. And I'm not just talking about paying your tithes. I'm actually talking about getting an education, learning how the system works, and multiplying what God has put in your hand. Because when he came back, he called everybody to account and said, you know, there was one that invested it and multiplied it ten times over. Another one came, multiplied it five times over. Another servant came and did nothing with what he was given. So, you know, think about this. Say the Lord's grace and blessing on your life. You bring in $60,000 this year. We're not supposed to just take what God gives us and just use it to just live a mediocre life and pay our bills and think like a slave and operate like a slave and just kind of survive. We actually have a mandate from heaven to take what God has gave. God, you gave me $60,000 this year. I need to use my mind and figure out how to turn this into 100, how to turn this into 120, how to turn this into 140. Are you with me? Christians don't think like that. I don't know anything about that. You have the mind of Christ. You know, yesterday I was laughing. We were, we were setting up sound equipment, trying to figure out this soundboard. And I started getting it right, and I, and I said this, and I was just being funny, but I said, you know what? I'm a genius. You know why? Because Jesus is a genius. I got his mind. Amen. I want to tell you, the thing that limits people is, is your mindset. You put the ceiling on what you can do in life. A scripture that I wasn't planning to get to, but I'll just briefly quote it. This is Proverbs 23, 7. It says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We are the one that, that puts a cap on what God can do. Jesus said, Mark 9, 23, that nothing would be impossible for the one who believes. Say nothing. nothing. Nothing is impossible. John, are you literally telling me that I could learn how to invest and like multiply? With, I don't know anything about that. I'm telling you nothing is impossible. And the fact that you think that you can't do it, you'll never do it. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. As long as you think that you're a slave, you're going to be a slave. As long as you think that I can only do this in life, you're only going to do this. As long as you think that you're just a Christian, that all you're good for is coming and sitting, listening to a sermon and letting everybody else go after it because you're so insecure, you'll always be bound. As you think in your heart, so you are. Christ has set you free. There's no chains holding you back. There's nothing holding you down. You can go as high as you want to go. It's true. So, 
Let's look at the King James of Luke 9, 13. All of this ties together, guys, because I'm going to talk to you about occupying. A major part of what it means to occupy, how do I do that? You have to change the way that you think about yourself. Thanks, James, out in the foyer I heard, amen, behind the doors. Luke 19, 13. So we just read where he said, invest this for me while I'm God. And that was the new living. Look at the, the King James. I love this word, man. It's been in my spirit. It says, as he called his ten servants, he delivered them ten pounds and said to them, occupy. Can you say occupy? Occupy, occupy till I come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, look, I'm giving you something. I want you to take what I'm giving you and occupy till I come back. I'm going away to be crowned, but there's a day that I'm coming back. So what am I supposed to do in the meantime? I take what he has given me and I occupy. What does it mean to occupy? This has been the word that's been burning in my spirit for several weeks. What does it mean to occupy? There's the two purposes. If you want to write this down. For last week, the two purposes of a Christian life. Number one, win the lost at all costs and carry out the ministry of Jesus. We've talked about that. Number two, occupy. Say occupy. Occupy Occupy till he comes. We're going to look at what does the Bible say? What does that word occupy mean? So when I told my Muslim brother, what do you do? Win the lost at all costs. Number two, you occupy. What does that mean to occupy? Well, let's look. Let's look what it means to occupy. So look at Numbers 13.30. I'm going to read it in the ESV. This is when the Israelites are going into the promised land, and the promised land is possessed by giants. The promised land is inhabited by armies that are bigger than Israel. So Moses sends out 12 spies. They come back with this report. You've heard it. Ten spies come back and, oh, the giants are too big. They're too fierce. We'll never be able to survive. We'll never be able to do it. But then Caleb steps up and he has something different to say. Look at 1330 in the the ESB. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. So the Bible uses this word in another place, occupy. Let us go up and occupy the land from the enemy. What does it mean to occupy the land? Look at this Greek word. It's yarash. Can you say yarash? This is what the Greek word, I'm sorry, it's not Greek because this was the Old Testament. This is what the Hebrew word yarash means. Listen to this. It means to seize. Say seize. So then Jesus called his ten servants together, delivered them ten pounds, and said, Seize till I come. Okay, thank you. Look look at the next word. Yarash. Seize. Look at this. Dispossess. Okay, dispossess. Take what I have given you. What do I do in the meantime? What am I supposed to do with my life? You're supposed to seize enemy territory dispossess the enemy from his possessions go into a community and make it my life's mission to hell or high water not to hell to heaven or high water are you with me 
to literally, my, our mandate is to dispossess anything the devil's got his hand on in this community. But I'm telling you, this is a whole different way of thinking because most Christians are just simply stuck in their whole life trying to survive. Just trying to get kind of free enough to have a little enjoyment in life. You've got to move so much further past that. And I'm going to give you some specific things that you can do to occupy. But look at that. Seize. Seize the land. Take. Dispossess it. Take possession. Say, take possession. Hallelujah. Inherit. Say, inherit. Disinherit. What does that mean? You go into another person's kingdom and you strip them of their inheritance. You strip them of what belongs to them. That's what we did in Lufkin, Texas yesterday. Brother Tanner went into a little community and he, he stripped the devil of what he was holding in his possession. All these people, drug addicts. I'm telling you, there was, I don't know how many people were there, but probably 75% of the people in this little tent received Raise their hand to receive Jesus Christ. This lady, you know, these weren't church people. This lady, he was praying for this lady. He prayed for his shoulder and you saw it. He's like, you know, the anointing's just flowing. He prays for his shoulder. She starts moving it around and she go, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't church. She's like, no, this feels better. I couldn't do this before. And he walks away. He's still praying. And some other lady's like, are you serious? And she's like, Dude, I'm serious right now. I could not do this. I'm healed. Something just happened. That's what it literally means to take possession, to disinherit, to dispossess. Look at this word. I love this word. Impoverish. Do you understand? Like we're supposed to flip the script on the devil. Most Christians, I'm telling you, most Christians spend their whole life in food box lines, but we're supposed to actually go into the, the, the enemy's territory and impoverish him, strip him of what he owns, strip him of what he possesses. Are you with me? Guys, Christians don't think like this, and we're not being taught to think like this. We're actually in this generation, we're just taught to, how does that make me feel? I feel this way. Look, I'm going to tell you, I, I've had to come to this point with me. Like, feelings just really don't matter. Really. Amen. Feelings just real, like the point that we can come, our feelings change. Has anybody can testify to that? Feelings change. Yep. I used to like Coca-Cola. Now I take a drink of a Coca-Cola and it tastes like horse pee. It's just nasty to me. Feelings change. Can you say amen? amen. But that's what we teach people. Let's have an altar call. And let's just tell it, hey, who's tired of doing life alone type of stuff? You've got to get into a different mindset. Amen. Amen. I love Dr. Rodney. I love it because, you know, somebody asked Dr. Rodney. It was actually Brother Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He asked him. They were on his talk and, you know, they were talking. It was funny because they did a teaching called How to Not Offend a Pe How to Not Offend People. And if you listen to them, they're just by nature like they, they offend people with the wrong spirit big time. And they were talking to Dr. Rodney and they were like, 
you know, Jonathan was like, yeah, you don't, you don't actually try to like purposely offend people. And he was like, no, actually I do. He said, there's actually a type of person that I want driven. I want to drive that spirit out. Like I intentionally go after it to get that thing out. It's demonic. This lethargic spirit in the church, it's demonic. It's going to kill a lot of people. It's going to send a lot of people to hell. Are you with me? So think about that. He called his ten servants together, delivered them ten pounds. He said, I'm going to give you something. What do I do? I want you to dispossess the enemy till I come. Disinherit the enemy. Impoverish the enemy until I come. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Say occupy. That means Christians have got to get, what has he given us? So many things, but just think, he's given us this word. Amen. Amen. That means we've got to take this word. What's the mission of my life? Take this word and go into an area and dispossess the devil. Are you with me? Seize enemy territory. Get anointed by the Holy Ghost and go into an area and seize the enemy's territory. You know, people were different. I, I read stories about 1773 or 1776. I'm sorry, 73. But that whole era, the American Revolution, you know, there was actually a section of pastors called the Black Robe Regiment. They weren't like, they weren't just drinking soy lattes with skinny jeans and, and rips. And no, like literally, they understood this mandate. Go into enemy territory and seize take possession. Are you with me? I hope you're getting this because this has been stirring in my spirit for weeks. Dominate. Oh, look, look, look at the last word here. Be in air. What does it mean to occupy? Whenever Caleb said, let us go at once and occupy it. One of the words literally means to be in air. Say to be in air. Hallelujah. The Bible does not teach Christians, but that's all you see. The Bible does not teach Christians to be dominated. It actually gives us a mandate to do the opposite. But you've got to get free from fear. You've got to get free from insecurity. You've got to get free from offense. You've got to get free from your emotions. You've got to get out of your head. And you've got to submit and surrender your life to Jesus Christ and live for one purpose. As I want to tell you, any, if, if, if you can't make it to church for two hours a week, you're not serving Jesus the other six and a half days. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Anybody that tries to say that, I, you know, I know for a fact because you won't even do what God said to do. You won't even put God's word first. If you're not putting God first, you think that anybody that, that, that says that, right, you don't need to be, go to church all the time. You think they're out in the streets winning the loss? I don't, how many of you know, we don't really need to go to church to be Christians. You think those are the people out in the streets winning the lost, laying their hands on the sick? No. Most of the time, those are spiritual weirdos when you talk to them. Like flaky people. It's like if I had to bet my life on you, I, I probably would lose my life. I can't, de- you know, you can't depend on that person. Are you with me? We're going to get into next week. Hopefully we'll see. 
What do I need to do to occupy? I'm going to talk to you about just a few different mindsets, a few different things that we need to adapt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to prophesy this over our church. This summer, we're taking ground. I've been believing and I've been saying blueprints. What I mean by blueprints is that God would begin to download just like specific assignments into your life where you would cross the bridge from being a Christian who's simply surviving to a Christian who lives on purpose and makes the most of every opportunity and redeems the time because they know what the Lord has called them to do. And they go and they give it everything that they have. I'm telling you guys, there is something the Lord's doing that if you will get behind that, you will run with the wind in your back. You will see favor. You'll see the hand of God. You'll see opportunity open up for you. I'm telling you right now, if you'll get serious about multiplying what he's given you, you're going to see so much more coming into your hand. Because you're taking his word serious at what he said. Are y'all here this morning? I'm going to keep preaching like this until this church is filled. And I'm not, I'm not, look. This gift, a gift that I have, is not going to fill the church. You know why? I've asked God not to do that. I want our church to get filled with the Holy Ghost and to get serious about this and begin to win the lost and bring them in. Because I want to tell you something. I'm all for unbelievers coming in here. That's fine. Nothing wrong with it. It's, It's biblical. It says there's an allowance for it in 1 Corinthians 14. But really, this is the Lord's day. This isn't like, hey, let's make everything shorter. Let's make everything more palatable. Let's make everything more watered down because there could be some people that really just aren't there that come in here. They don't get what you're saying. Why aren't, why aren't we out there carrying the present? Because I want to tell you this as well. Inviting somebody to church is not winning the lost. Well, you know what? I handed out three business cards this week. That's great. Did you preach the gospel to that person? Hey, why don't you come to church and let my pastor, at least you're doing that, but look, get free. Are you with me? Get, carry the presence of God. Lay hands on the sick. Go after anything the devil has his hand on. Attack drug addiction. Attack fear. Attack disease. When you see somebody that's sick, start in your family. Just begin to believe God. Amen. Just lay hands on them. Begin to believe the Lord. Preach the word of God. Tell your friends, tell your family, the people that are just bound in addiction, take John 14, 6 and say, look, I love you, but let me tell you, there's actually only one way, one truth, and one life, and that is Jesus Christ. Regardless of your opinion, it's the truth. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just ask for that to come. I want to pray Ephesians 1 over you this morning. And I'm going to have my ushers go ahead and come up to the front. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings, and then I'm going to dismiss you. Hear this word from the Lord. There's many of you, there's many of you that are right, you're right there. You're standing on the ledge. Like, you, you know, you're just right there. And like, you're at that point of just total surrender. Step into it. Amen. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ephesians 1, this is what I want to pray. Verse 19, Paul said, I pray you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. I say this all the time, especially if you come to Thursday night prayers. This is something that we pray all the stinking time. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power available to us who believe him. Father, I pray for that revelation in this church that each believer would begin to see the power that is available to them, the power that they carry, the power that, that is behind them, what they are capable of doing. I pray that that revelation comes. I pray that things start to stir in the hearts of each person in here today where they lift their eyes to so much more. So much more. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Lord, I pray that we would catch the revelation that the same power and spirit that, that shot Jesus Christ back to life from the dead is the same spirit that lives on the inside of us and that nothing is impossible for us. Let us walk in victory and begin to believe what we have. I want you to decree it and declare it. Say, I have the Holy Ghost. Say, I carry God's power. Say, I'm not a victim. Say, I reign in victory. Hallelujah. I want you to decree this. If you're a Christian, say this. If you're not a Christian, please come. go ahead and come on up and, and let's pray the prayer. But I believe everybody in this room is a Christian. Say this. Say, I've received power from the Holy Ghost. I've received power from the Holy Ghost. Say, I can lay my hands on people. I can lay my hands on people. Everybody that's in here, say this. I can lay my hands on people. I can lay my hands on people. Impart the blessing. Cast out devils. Heal the sick. And baptize others in the Holy Ghost. Everywhere that my foot steps, I will dominate. Because greater is the spirit who's in me than the spirit that's in this world. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise if you believe that. What I want to do. Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBCHTX20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.